What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start this because I'll just start the podcast here. So, okay. s- so just say what you're saying. <laughs> say what I'm saying. <laughs> say what you're really saying, Russ. Say what, you, say what you need to say. <laughs> Give us the old John Mayer. Say what you're saying. Just make it easy for me. Just act like you're just like, yeah, no, you guys was, won't believe my saying. opinion. <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is that... For once, I think I might side with Luke on an opinion about a movie, or just in general. I feel like Luke and I usually—well, that's not true because no, we, we, yeah, we have a lot of a lot of movies in common. I think, yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like in this podcast, a lot of times, me and Shu tend to sort of be on the same side of, of certain things. But f- as, as far as that movie, I care a lot. I didn't oh, yeah. care about it at all. You didn't like it? Eh, it was meh. I thought it was. Man, oh yeah. I didn't dislike it. No, I didn't not like it. I, that was what. That was the consensus. I think Shu was saying that he really liked it, I and you were it. saying like, yeah, it was all right. It and was, I'm. I feel the same. I feel like it was fine. I liked elements of it. I liked that it didn't. There was really no redeeming character in the whole movie. They were. All I, kinds I of, also agreed that who, that who, dude who, at the end who alert, killed her daughter. Man. That yeah. was great. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that guy. That's Good job, guy. Had any kind of redeeming quality, and then again, he didn't because he murdered someone. Right. right. Yeah. So even yeah. he didn't have any redeeming qualities. That's what I mean. It's like uh, much uh-huh. like the movie Dead Man. Ah, there it is. Where the main character comes in as someone who is a victim, but then ends up being what everybody says he is, even though he really wasn't. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Did you Segway. guys? Did you guys? Yeah. Do you like hit the thing? Very nice. This is our Neil Young podcast where we mostly talk out of our ass while going through the works of Mr. Young. It's Mike Shu and the Condon Boys, Trans and Harvest and Illinois. We're gonna sit and listen to each one. It's long. 
right. It's the uh, only podcast that covers Neil Young's catalog by release every episode. And now new added bonus monster episodes with special guests. It's uh, Long May You Young, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Mike Shu, and my co-hosts are Luke and Russ Condon from the band Town Meeting, who just have what? a new single out. New single out. New Dude, single you know. alert. Yeah. That's right. Which is fantastic. Oh, thanks, Mike. I love it. It's really good. So everybody should seek that out and listen to it. And uh, there was a really nice article written up. And what was the what was the, uh, the Atwood Magazine? Yeah. Atwood Magazine. Yeah, they're that great. Really, they're great. They always write really. That dude, Ethan, is yeah. he's I love him. I don't. Yeah. I've never met him, but he writes really good reviews of us. <laughs> yeah. So. so as long as he writes good reviews, he's a genius. That's right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Chu. Um, do you did you actually enjoy it? Because you can cooch us too. You can cooch no, us. No, I actually like your music. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I just. I know. I'm. I'm, I'm, I just proud of it. I'm I not a big fan of the Counting Crows. That's all. Mm. You know. <laughs> that's fine. You know, they were trying to get me. Like the the town meeting Twitter sent out that tweet that Long December is definitely in the top ten of the greatest songs ever written. I was I'll like, go oh, down fighting. Say, are you defending that? Kidding me? Yeah, Absolutely. Who said that? I you wrote are. that on Twitter. I I said oh, Long yeah. December by the Counting Crows is the top ten greatest songs of all time. Oh, okay. I don't think I disagree, right. but okay, yeah. that's fine. It it's just the some... top ten of the greatest songs mm-hmm. yes. ever written. Yes, all time. Yep. Absolutely, it's a, good, it's a good song. I like that song a lot. I can't. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I can't it's not listen. In the top ten. I can't listen to that song or even a cover of that song without like those little tears crinkling up in the corner of my eyes. Especially this year. I, you know what? I wouldn't have said that two years ago. I'm saying that after the year we've had, and it was probably Duritz on uh, Fallon or Kimmel, whatever the hell show. Yeah, he was that was on. that was nice. It like got me really good, and I'm like, oh man. Also, our baby boy. Derek did a yes. cover of that, which is really beautiful too. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Not, just not, not in the top ten. There are great. There's ten Neil songs that are way ahead of that. I'd I'd a hundred percent put a, a Neil song or two in there. Listen, this is my own. This is subjective. What would you put in the top ten greatest songs of all time? Uh, like, first, all Neil Young. <laughs> I could just name Neil. Maybe Young a couple song. of Rush Rush songs too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, the Ghost dog does not look like it Rush wants to be picked or, up like that. Yeah, Digital Man by Rush. There's two already. You know, I could name. Sorry, Shu. Your daughter just came and scooped up your dog, and the dog just did not look look like it wanted to be picked up like dog, that. Dog wanted to be on the couch behind me. That's her <laughs> new favorite place. That's all right. All right, let's talk about Neil Young. Christ, no, 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 no. Hold on. You're not getting out of this. You're, you're going to throw two – you have ten songs to put on the greatest – And those songs aren't even in the top ten. They're just way ahead of Long December. No, we're not talking about way ahead of Long December. I'm telling you to pick – tell me just even one or two songs that are going to go on that list. T- ten Visions songs. Visions of Johanna by Bob Dylan. What is it? Visions of Johanna. <laughs> okay. Some Blonde on Blonde. I There's think one. I would – I, I think I'll get into this Dylan discussion again. I know. No, why, not, why are we talking about? It's not stuff? a. It's not a Dylan discussion. It's 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 a greatest song. Powderfinger, come on. Absolutely, Powderfinger's on there too. It. It's ten songs. I can put whatever ten songs I want. You guys are acting like I'm like shitting on everyone else. I'm just You're saying shitting on everyone else. Come on, Luke. Barstool <laughs> Blues. Barstool Blues, of course. Listen, yeah. come on, man. Listen, any of the, any of the, someone on, who, who was it on Facebook that was like any song by Neil Young that ends in blues. <laughs> it's like one of the best songs ever written. Ambulance yeah. Blues is one of my favorite fucking songs Listen, of all time. I'm allowed all to have my opinions. Glory. All I'm of Ragged a- Glory ahead of Right, all of Ragged you Glory. Can, you, you can't do that. You can pick love 10 and songs. Only love. And you can pick all 10 Neil songs, but then you're ignoring all these other artists as well. So fucking take that. I'm yeah, just fine. Joni Mitchell, all of the album Blue. Yeah. 
You can't oh, do a whole Lennon? album. You pick 10 songs, you fucking idiots. Yeah, but all those songs would make it before Long December. That's a fine, yeah. in your opinion. Make me a 10-song make me a ten song playlist of the great, 10 greatest songs of all time, in your opinion. Not Strong right now. Enough. Strong Enough by Sheryl Crow. That's a great oh, song. Jesus. That's a great song. I didn't mean that. I'm okay, not a big fine. Sheryl Crow fan. <laughs> Listen, I've been getting shit on for my opinions quite constantly lately. I posted a <laughs> that stupid Punky Brewster movie came out, and I talk, talked about how much I hated that, and then people were getting mad at me. What was that, the Kid 90 thing or whatever? Oh, my God, it was so bad. We don't need wait, to go wait. down that road. Yeah, I was curious. Now, now I'm curious, but... Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it again because I had a visceral hatred of this movie. It was just yeah. this kind of rich kid in Hollywood talking about how, look at all these famous rich friends I had and then like there was a segment where a couple like two or three of them committed suicide and she just grouped them together and then she'd be like and then Charlie Sheen took my virginity <laughs> but she wouldn't say that she would just read from her diary and it was like a ninth grade English assignment and she'd be like I was sitting there and he was stroking my hair so strokily it was really bad there was also no music from the 90s in it at all so yeah, that, that's weird. That movie. You could have Dead at least had Man, a long the movie. The movie Dead Man makes that movie sound like a comedy. Yes. In my opinion. Did you yeah. guys watch Dead Man? I did. Of course, yeah. Are yeah. you Jim Jarmusch fans? I don't know anything else. What he else does. has he done? Yeah, I'm, I'm coming into this kind of jarmusch uh, <laughs> He did Down by Law. He did Coffee and Cigarettes. Um, he's remained very independent. Yeah, I knew that, but he's I just really had I, nothing I, on I the mainstream. The I Last Night on Earth. Uh, but this, to me, is by far his best movie ever. I like okay. it. I, Luke didn't I, like it, I don't I, think. No, I didn't say I didn't like it. I liked it. I just... Stop <sighs> shitting on things. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like it. Uh, I don't know. I... I don't, are we, I don't start know. Not, are we starting this, this episode off by just our straight-up opinions on the film? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, sure. I mean, we might as well. Oh, you, hold on. Is there social media stuff you guys want to get to first? I should, we had some oh, reviews yeah. I, I need to read. Why don't you go ahead because I, I have All a couple right. of things. So we have um, three new reviews. This one is from Mary.rn. It says, generic Neil Young review. It says, great show, guys. <laughs> Perfect. I actually love that. Uh, then we have uh, an Australia, another Australian review, which is from where the nice. horse, where, where the horse lords are from. Oh yeah. Uh, the this is from someone called BM twenty thousand and one dash BM twenty thousand and one. I recently stumbled across this podcast, and I'm making my way through the episodes. Great way to celebrate these classic and eclectic albums from the greatest music artist we have seen. Bring on trans. Good. Good luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and then from Nick Ander Hoey, who's uh, commented on a few things before, just writes, thanks for the emergency bonus. Great live show in Santa Cruz. I loved hearing what Neil wrote about the pre-concert pre-funk. Hilarious. Watching the video, he was jamming the whole show. What a guitarist. 90s Neil. I also fell in love with Mirrorball, which I didn't expect. And scenery is epic. Never cut that. I learn and I laugh. You guys are the best. Imagination is my best friend. Gotta look out for the greedy hand. Greedy hand. And then a smiley face. Can I just say I totally fucked up on the emergency episode. And I... Talked about him and uh, like playing those gigs before this gig and calling themselves the Echoes. That was actually before they recorded Broken Arrow. I was just like, 
Are you telling yeah. me you didn't was, get your facts straight on this no, podcast? No, I didn't get my facts straight. Yeah, I son fucked of, up. I put a disclaimer up. I'm sorry. Why do you keep fucking up? I don't know. I mean, dogs that howl and, and dogs that bite. <laughs> you know, right over here. Why do I? Why? You know? Sorry yeah. about that. I was just, I, I, it was like, you know, emergency episode. I, I just got my facts all fucked Listen, up. Listen, we were all excited. Way down in the rust bucket had just come out. Right. You know, I mean, we were yeah. walking around in a daze, right. basically. Did we even talk about T-Bone? No, we didn't. We Which did a little bit. surprising because it's, it's way better version than the one on Reactor. It's equally good in my opinion. It's, it's this notes for you. It's, the, it's also the best version of this notes for you. Yes. <laughs> at the same time, you know? So, all right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry no, about good. that fuck up, everybody. That's all right. Um, the only thing I really wanted to say was just uh, if people don't already know, I posted about it and I think you guys did as well, but the big shout out to Scott Parks. Um, oh, yeah. Been, he's been a... A faithful youngster since I think probably the beginning, but he hooked it up so that Luke and I could go on the uh, Rock in the Suburbs podcast. Yeah. I haven't listened to that yet. How did that go? Great, yeah, yeah. I I think it went really well. It was a lot of fun. Um, those dudes are awesome, and they have a great podcast that's been going for yeah. fucking a long time. Very cool podcast. Yeah, so it was great. Um, we want to make sure that everyone goes and listens to that, and definitely you know, big love to Scott Parks for making that happen. And he'll probably get youngster of the month, probably sometime soon. Anyway. I'm thinking for April. If we keep that. Has up. youngster of the month changed? Have yeah. I, cha- I changed it in March. Okay. And now in case anyone's wondering when you become youngster of the month, yeah. you get 20% off our merch on our website. Oh, the code exactly. you get, it's all, it's a whole thing. Okay. How do I do that? I don't you know. know. You don't get 20. You, have you to pay don't get price. to be. No, no, no. I mean, how, how do I do? Cause I'm, I have the merch. Like, no, there's, so. there's a code. It automatically oh, does it. Like, I don't have to do any math. You don't have to do anything. Excellent. I, I wouldn't, ne- I wouldn't do anything. I would never trust you with math. Uh, <laughs> all you have to do, shoe is pop that panda head on and just fucking and just, ship and away. Just go down to the post office. Yep. <laughs> We should say, when we first logged on, I don't know if this made it into the intro, but Mike was wearing a, a full-on panda mask for the first five yeah. minutes of this. I'm doing so. a little cleaning. Found an old uh, relic from the 90s. I think uh, we, I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but um, Elliot Mazer had passed away. Oh, um, yeah, I don't think we did mention that. A longtime Neil engineer, producer, you know. We didn't mention that? I don't, I, didn't I don't we? know. I feel like we might have, but I think. It was a while ago, though, wasn't it? Elliot's. Again daughter commented on instagram and said thank you for honoring my father oh wow so that's pretty cool well yeah ellie mazer's the guy who um you know behind harvest yeah yeah you know ton of stuff super uh, talent yeah an amazing producer yeah absolutely uh, was able to get a sound out of neil that resonated with that went beyond the neil verse i guess you could say that went beyond neil young fans yeah brought people into that uh into that music so yeah rest in peace elliot yeah, yeah i think we i think we said that but just in case i mean yeah worth mentioning again for yeah, sure we definitely posted about it yeah, yeah. um i got a uh submit to form or whatever they call it from the long may you young podcast.com oh, okay. section from uh kevin brown who says hey guys just found the podcast i'm loving it so far so entertaining just finished tonight's the night episode and my mind is blown that bruce barry didn't love that econo line van 
It will be a while until I catch up, but my plan has been to listen to the album twice, then the podcast, then the album one more time before moving on. That's wow, cool you got like a regiment. I kind of like that. Looking forward to albums I've never heard and my favorite, Ragged Glory. Keep up the good work. Ragged oh, we're Glory. doing the same thing. There's albums I, I you know, especially, Luke and I especially have not ever even heard. So we're doing the same thing with you. I also, like, I'll listen, obviously not just twice, several times, depending yeah, on the album. But uh, I, I have a thing where I will not go forward until we, like, I'll go back. I've gone back a lot. Not, not in the beginning, but recently i've dipped back quite a bit but I'll, i won't go forward which is a thing unless you count way down in the rust bucket which i don't so that's kind of backwards if yeah. you think about it yeah I'll, yeah like i, I mean, listen to homegrown too to al- i do to albums i've already heard albums i already know like i i i listened to psychedelic pillar recently and stuff like that but i i already knew that record all right it's stuff nice. like that but yeah i just i still fly all over the place like recently yeah. I've been uh, listening to Homegrown more. And yeah, me too, to actually. When I first heard it, I, I was like, I don't you know about like, this. Yeah, you didn't like it as much. Yeah, I wasn't too thrilled with it. But the more I listen to it now, um, the more I love it. I feel like that came out when we sort of started the podcast, right? It, it was like our second yeah. And then week. I was nervous because, you know, we were just sort of starting to interact with you. And you were like, I don't really like this. And I was like, God, I really like this. Yeah. See, I, and then I, I was like nervous to say uh, like, sorry, Chew, but I actually really like this a lot. And I, cause I was like, this is fucking Mike Chew. But now I'm like, this no, is back when you, Russ wrong. respected you even a little bit <laughs> right. before he started shitting all over the fact yeah. that you took notes one and were prepared those, for a podcast. Yeah, One thing those condom boys are good on shitting all over someone's dreams. Uh, <laughs> once James we get, Clark. once we get to know you, at least I had yeah. respect for you at once. <laughs> I mean, you show up to a, the podcast with a fucking panda mask and dead baby dolls. So, what? What? No, those dead baby dolls are still at Savers. And if you want to save them, Russ, they're at Savers at Lincoln Square in Worcester. They okay. have a bin just piled with babies. But how it's many horrific. demons do, does each one come with? I don't know. That's the thing. Right. At the you don't same know, time. It's just kind of like a mystery. It's a surprise, right? Well, they have But it's at least one. Right, you got to expect it as at least one. An equal number of porcelain fucking Virgin Marys. So you know (laughs) they're well protected over there. If you don't know what the hell we're talking about, follow Mike Chu on Instagram. Yeah, follow me on Instagram if you're afraid of dolls and if you love meatballs and never sleep again. Yeah, dolls and Italian subs. I will say this though: one of those dead babies is going to grow up to be a dead man. Oh, Oh, and here we are. So I think it's Jim Jarmusch's best. Wait, can I, can I just real quick, I want to yes. take everyone, I want us all to close our eyes, take a few deep breaths, and then we're going uh, to imagine in our minds the, the pitch room. Okay, so it's, it's Jim okay. Jarmusch. Right. He's sitting there. Okay. You know, he, he's got like white hair, doesn't he? He's got like a big, giant, white Elvis Mitt Romney type helmet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, who, that, isn't it also like, uh, what's his name, fucking... Uh, the Twin Peaks guy's got that hair too, right? Um, um, David Lynch? Lynch. Yeah. Lynch yeah. Jim Jarmusch's is more rock looking. It's more pompous. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, you got Jim Jarmusch sitting there. Neil comes in, right? Jim Jarmusch is like, he's probably a fan, obviously, you know? Yeah. He, he's he's like, all right, I got to pitch this movie to Neil. Okay. So Neil comes in. He's like, yeah, how's it fucking going? I got you know, whatever. I'm doing this thing. And Jim Jarmusch is kind of nervous, but whatever. The meeting, it's happening. So here, here we are. We're in the room. Jim Jarmusch, he's got his his whole presentation set up. He's ready to show Neil. 
you know, what he's thinking. He's like, I got Johnny Depp on board. And he goes, okay, Neil. So it opens with a train. Neil, ah. I'm in. I'm in. And he walks out. <laughs> That's fucking perfect. That's we awesome. open on a train. I'm in. Door closed. Awesome. He's on his way. He's so on his way out. He's already got off. the score going. Oh, yeah. He's like, I've got okay, we're I'll have it done He's, two days. I got fucking four hundred pieces, you can do this. <laughs> they all sound like trains. <laughs> That's great. Um, that is so true, man. That is. I never even thought of that. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that's so. That was awesome. the first thing I thought of. That was the first <laughs> thing I thought of. Oh, that's great. No, so oh, yeah. so when we first started talking about this, you, you kind of Russ, you accused me of disliking. I don't dislike the movie. I just don't. It, it didn't grab me like some movies do, and I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. It, that happens with a lot of shit. Like, yeah. like even like you were talking about with Homegrown. Like right. sometimes yeah. it just has to hit you at the right time. Totally, I didn't, yeah. I definitely like that with certain things too. I, even even with Time Fades Away, I liked it at that time. But we've all talked about it a million times now. The more and more, I li- it just grows more and more and more. It just yeah. there's certain things that take. I don't know. Just it's one of those weird things, you know. I think I definitely appreciated the movie as a for the filmmaking aspect of it. Like I, I recognize this is a good movie. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. It just didn't. And you know what? The other thing is too, um, cause essentially this episode is, it's about the movie a little bit, but it's about the soundtrack more than anything else. I think I wasn't prepared for the soundtrack to sound as one dimensional as it sounds. Um, and I, and I, I'm, it's a great soundtrack. It fits the movie perfectly and it's really good, but way down in the rust bucket just came out. We're coming off a mirror ball and I'm like fucking up here. Right. And then to like go for like for my listening to dip down and I, I love a good soundtrack. Right. And Russ, I know you do. You post about it all the time. Like a fucking John Williams dork that you are, but like Mm. it just, it think it plat like it was too much of a plateau for me. So, mm-hmm. and this is just the soundtrack. And then when I went to the movie, I had that same fog. So that's just kind of my initial whatever, but I don't know. I, no, I understand what you're saying. And, and uh, uh, the people around Neil thought it was weird at the time for him to take this project because he was like full on crazy horse mode. You know, and and in the '90s, like it, that's like the first five years of the '90s. He had done more press than in his entire career. He was like all over the place. You know, he was on MTV. He had been dissing MTV in the '80s. Now he was all over MTV. He was all over the press. Rolling Stone was writing about him like every other issue and stuff like that. And uh, and so to to kind of like stop and do this. And apparently. According to uh, engineer John Hanley, he took it very, very seriously. And you can go on Neil Young Archives, and there was a video. I don't know if it's still up there because you know it's, that's one thing that bothers me—the Neil Young Archives. But I guess that's changed now because they have a new on-demand thing. But yeah, I, I saw that. Did you see John? Did, did you see John Locke's post about it? Yeah, you got to pay a little more. I might do that because it's. Yeah, I might do it too. I'm. I'm not going to do the ninety-nine a month, but I'll do the any video on demand might be worth an extra twenty bucks for me. It's yeah. just another $20 on top of what I already paid. So Right, right. And there was a video up there of him recording this soundtrack. And it's kind of set up like 
it looked in the studio like it was set up like how he plays a solo live show where he was surrounded by guitars that he may want to, and instruments like a, the, the pump organ is mm. in there, the tack piano is there, and it's all kind of around him mm. in a circle. And he's kind of like getting up and playing stuff and, and then moving on. And, he's wa- and the film is playing. You can see the film on a screen there and he's watching it and he's kind of looking at it and then he starts playing something to it. So it shows him working on it, which is interesting to, uh, to see that. Um, but I understand how you feel because those, you, the two albums you named, and then all of a sudden you've got this, but it's right. a soundtrack. So it's not like, right. It's a Neil Young. It's, it's based on something that's not his and he's just kind of trying to like add his color to it. Yeah. It also wouldn't be very Neil Young if, you know, there was ever just a, uh, more than a period of a couple of years where things sounded the right. same. Right. <laughs> you know, we're talking yeah. about Neil Young here. So well, you're, let's talk you're, about the, the, the other soundtrack stuff he did. So he, he did similar stuff to this for the film. I don't know if you guys ever saw Where the Buffalo Roam with Bill Murray playing Hunter. Oh, Eskimo yeah. Film. He played fucking. That's weird because Johnny Depp also played. That's, yeah. Right, yeah. Isn't that strange? Yeah. yeah that's so weird. Connected. I saw that once a, a while ago, but I didn't know Neil. That's right. Did Neil? He do didn't that? do the whole thing. He only did, he did a okay. version of the song, you know where the Buffalo roam. And then he did some guitar stuff. And then what was that song he had? Was it on life that he tried to um, get onto that Timothy Hutton movie soundtrack? I forget the name of it. Um, There was a song on life and he wrote it for the director asked him to, to write a song, I think, and he did it. And then they ended up not using it. And so he put it on life. It was, I think it was also a Jack Nietzsche. Um, Wasn't it, wasn't that for, he, they, or am I thinking of a different song where it was uh, he was asked to write a song, he wrote it, and it was too emotional, so they put it in the credits instead of the intro? Or is that Philadelphia? Oh, that was Philadelphia, okay, and he got yeah. nominated for an Oscar. Nice for okay. that. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Journey Journey Through the Past was also a movie thing too. Right. So that was yeah. his. But movie. that wasn't all his. That wasn't all like. I don't think that was all original scoring. Like that was like outtakes and other people's songs, kind of like where the Buffalo Rome was and stuff. This is like him scoring a film. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I've seen this film, I think maybe a couple dozen times. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I love this movie a lot. Okay. I like, I like Jim Jarmusch's movies because they are slow. It's slow. Yeah. And I I don't like all of his stuff. I'm not like a freak about like that last movie he made, that zombie movie. I forget what was the name. Hey, you guys remember that Jim Jarmusch zombie movie we went to see? Do you remember the name of it? Uh, they're not dead, or they're, um, The Dead Will Never Die. The Dead Will Never oh, Die, was that it? But the best vampire movie ever is The Last Two Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, but I was kind of, eh. All right, and sorry. Coffee and cigarettes. All right, yeah, I mentioned coffee and cigarettes. Thank you. Well, I don't I like that. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't li- hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't, li- don't die. Yeah. That's, uh... I don't like that Mike's 16-year-old daughter is way more cultured than me. You know, when it comes to literally really enjoy you, you know, who's really going to enjoy you saying that is my wife, who I was talking to. <laughs> okay. Hey, Luke Sorry. says you sound like you're 16 years old. Oh. See, she likes hey. that. That's true, actually. <laughs> right, I, thought that, I thought you were talking to your daughter as well. <laughs> oh, no, Don't try wife. to jump in on my points here, Russman. <laughs> no, I'm serious. But anyway, that was the one with the, yeah, with Adam Driver, Tilda yeah. Swinton, and Bill Murray. Yeah. I never saw it, but I, I saw the, the thing on. I think it was on Netflix for a second, wasn't it? I don't, I don't know. I saw it in the theaters because I was like, oh, this looks yeah. awesome. It's great. And it was, eh, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't his best. But to me, this is his best. Hell of a cast, though. 
I, mean, yeah. I know it's a hell of a well, like Jim Jarmusch has gotten to that point where people like really want like David Lynch. Yeah. Like they, people really want to work with him, you know, even though he's like way, way out of the mainstream. Mm. Um, but I just think that it's, it's perfect. You mentioned this Luke, that it's perfect for this film. What yeah. You know, oh yeah. It's stark. He fucking nails it. Yeah. And it's the, Beautiful. the words that come to mind, like for this particular score is solitude and dread. Those are the two words I feel to me describe okay. this soundtrack because you're dealing with a story about the fringes of the American West. I mean, Johnny Depp's character, uh, William Blake, goes all the way out to the edge. And that's where all the weirdness is. And you could kind of say, oh, well, maybe that's why Neil wanted to do this because that's what Neil does, right? He goes way, way, way out to the edge where it gets really weird mm -hmm. and he kind of hangs out there and then he tries to bring it back and like make some kind of reflection on it or picture or, or observation about it. And um, so that's why I think that, you know, besides the, the barroom stuff, which he actually did in the barroom scene, that's Neil playing piano. Yeah, I knew that. Playing yeah. the back piano oh, stuff. I didn't know that. Which is cool. Yeah, he does all, I mean, like, everything in it. He does everything, yeah. yeah. Besides the silly joke I made about the, you know, it opening on a train or whatever, I think there's a lot of elements to this movie that Neil would be interested in. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the obvious, you know, Native American aspect and – then just the whole sort of Western thing has always been mm -hmm. kind of Neil, right. you know, yeah. um, to me, there was just the, the, the vibe, the overall indiness of it felt just felt like, yeah, this is a perfect fit yeah. for Neil. You know? And this just, is a story of America that they're not going to teach in schools. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. the brutality and the madness and what it's like to, you know, blaze a trail through yeah. a place that's, first of all, not even yours, right? You know, you're just stealing it basically. And you're dealing with, uh, you know, guys like, and again, the cast is amazing. Like Robert Mitchum, mm -hmm. you know, who's head of this like steel plant or oh, yeah. whatever it is, you know, and he's just a brutal guy that'll just kill anybody to get what he wants. He and that other dude that, than, than the, humans well, and stuff. Well, who's that dude who, um, uh, the one who is like at the, he's kind of the manager who introduces, who, um, Oh, that's uh, that's a uh, is it John Hurt? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and he's a skeevy character. It's just, yeah. Again, he's there's great. really yeah. there's not a lot of redeeming. We mentioned this about other films. There's not a lot of redeeming characters, mm -hmm. except for maybe the Native American guy. Nobody. Yeah, and his story. You could just have a, a whole nother movie. Yeah, you could do a whole about his movie. story, yeah. which is just amazing. Well, but doesn't he that, show up in another Jarmusch film? The same character? I feel. I thought I read that. Hmm. I didn't see. I have to look that up. No, I'll, yeah, I'll look it know. up. I don't know. Maybe. But I think that that you know. So you're dealing with wild, unsettled areas. People that have, are out there taking a chance and losing their minds doing it. Right. And the loneliness of being out there. You know, there's all these stories about people who settled out there and they got there land but they were the only people for hundreds of miles and they ended up going crazy and killing each other or eating each other or mm -hmm. torturing each other or they were killed by you know native americans or other settlers and stuff like that so the the tone of what neil is playing in here i think just goes perfectly with that it's just this kind of yeah. lonely dark you know dreadful madness that's going in there 
Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of accompanying the whole movie. So yeah, the well, character, sorry, with the character nobody appears in uh, Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai. Does he? That's he another does. great one. I've never seen it, but it looks like uh, Forrest Whitaker is uh, the main yeah. guy. But yeah. I can't see where. But I, it just says it's uh, the same actor is in there as nobody. Which oh, is I gotta watch that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I gotta watch that again. I totally didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, that's another great one. If you want to check out Jim Jarmusch films, uh, Forrest Whitaker is awesome. But I think uh, I love this also because I love it when Neil gets surfy. You know, like he was a huge surf guitar guy when he was a teenager, when he first started learning guitar. He loved the surf instrumental bands like the Shadows and the Ventures and things like that. And you can hear a lot of that in this soundtrack. I like it when it gets twangy and, and surfy. You know, we never talked about either was the, the fact that Neil Young was in a band with Rick James before. Yeah, he, the Minor Birds. Yeah, which we never really got to the Minor Birds, but... Well, that he's got a. We'll get to that release. He has got yeah. a release out of their music and stuff. Yeah, with Rick James, and they they were poor, they were signed to Motown. That's crazy. They had gone to Detroit and they were recording an album, and then Rick James got busted because he was a wall from right. I think yeah. it was the Navy, I think. And so he but had to get in jail. They also had a him and Neil had a pretty bad falling out because I guess Rick James went into Neil's house and got his dirty shoes all over Neil Young's couch. Oh, no way. And he said, fuck your couch. <laughs> is that a real story? Uh-oh. Yes, Russ. Oh, is that a Chappelle thing? That's, yeah, out that's, of, uh, that's in oh, Waging yeah. Heavy Peace. I'm not, at, I'm not, at, that, I'm not in, at that episode yet. Oh, spoiler <laughs> alert. It might be the funniest thing Dave Chappelle's ever done is that stupid Rick James sketch where right? he's sitting on his couch and yeah. he just goes, puts his shoes all over his couch and just goes, fuck your couch. It's great because he has the real Rick James giving commentary, which makes it even funnier. Cocaine, cocaine is a hell of a drug. I know, right? Just agreeing to all that <laughs> stuff. You know? Like, oh yeah, that happened. That's so funny. Well, we can't not talk about the Crispin Glover of this film. Oh yes. You know, yeah. that is a, that's a hell of an opening scene. Yeah. The engineer. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got does, the fucking, does Crispin Glover act? No, he just play. he's <laughs> just Crispin Glover. Do you he think he handler and they just bring him to the set <laughs> and they just say, okay, Crispin go. And he's like, yeah. Oh, you know, if you take your brain out of your head, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, he's like yeah. the same guy in every movie. I'm so, not complaining because I love it because he fits in everything yeah. he does. It's I just, actually, like, I think it's deeper. Him up and let him go. I think it's deeper than that. I don't think he knows he's been in any movies. I oh, think it's just life. I think they just they just like direct him onto a train or into right. Marty McFly's house or whatever or into Camp Crystal Lake and they're just like he just thinks he's in these scenarios and they and just they just surround him with rats yeah. you know and then he just yeah. or you know what they they put him as they they tell someone says hey Crispin you're going to be the head of a, like an orphanage and little bow wow is going to be <laughs> one of your cuz <laughs> we can't forget that Crispy Glover was in Like Mike. He was not in Like Mike. Was yes, he, he really was. in Like Mike? Yes, he was. He was like the bad guy. Like he was the head of the like orphanage. If you want to know more about that, tune into Mike's other podcast. Mike likes Like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're 28 episodes in. It's we're really getting our stride. You guys go frame by frame, I think I heard. Yeah, pretty much. It's he doesn't even much. add the plur- he doesn't add the s at the end of what. He just says Mike like like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it's copyright uh, yeah. copyright problem there. So, you know. Can we yeah. talk about um Hold also- on, hold on, Sarah Lynn. If you don't make a poster for Mike like like Mike, I'm going to be really really mad. <laughs> oh my god, that's going to be good. Um all right. So another thing about the movie is, uh, can I just, if we're saying, if we're talking about other movies, so his name's William Blake, who's a famous right. English poet and writer, mm-hmm. and that's nobody thinks he's the real William Blake and stuff right. like that. I equate this to uh, the whole concept in the movie Office Space, where Michael Bolton goes to uh, oh, re-interview for his job with the Bobs, and they say, are you related to him? You know, that, that's, to me, that's very similar. You know, yeah. like an illusion that you don't know if you should keep or not. Will it work to your advantage? Yet you're lying. So there's a moral dilemma there. So the William Blake tie-in to me, I, first of all, I know nothing about William Blake. But this, it's one of those things that it kind of shows me or makes me realize I need to watch this movie 10 times to really even remotely crack the surface of how deep it probably is. Does that make sense? Yeah, like absolutely. The, the layering of all the, and then the William Blake quotes that get thrown in that sometimes other people say, or sometimes they're written above doors. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he uses that uh, Native American, whatever that specific language is, mm-hmm. and he doesn't do any translations, and it's supposed to be just for people who still speak that dialect. There's just, there's just like a million levels to this. It's also really tough for me to pull off a good black and white movie. I feel like that's tough, like especially like from 94 on. And I think he, he keeps my interest the whole time. So I don't know. I just, the, the William Blake thing I love, but I, I, I feel like I can't crack the surface on it because I don't know anything about him. Well, um, it's definitely a movie that, for me anyway, it's kind of like um, The Big Lebowski. Where every time I watch it, you know, there's something new that I never noticed before. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely worth a rewatch. I'm going to, I think I'm going to rewatch it a few times. And also, is William Blake Neil Young? Can, do we want to, I don't know anything about him, but now I kind of want to research him because, like, well, does he have a poem called, like, After Thy Gold Rush or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? The answer is, like yes. I said earlier, he's, he's someone who, who went out to the very edge and got into the middle of the madness. You know, he went beyond where, where normal um, society, I guess, ended. You know, that's like that train ride. You know, he's on the train. There's people, you know, dressed in suits and stuff. And by the end of the train ride, it's all guys wearing skins, you know, pointing guns at each other and Crispin Glover. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know so i mean you could say that because neil's done that with his whole career right he's gone out yeah. and explored stuff all like to the extreme like everybody's rocking mm, yeah. you know all that stuff in the 80s he didn't just dabble he like yeah. buried himself in it he went all the way out there and then he he came back you know with ragged glory or whatever but he went out there and just kind of went on the edge on the fringes and and explored the madness yeah, what uh so to talk well I mean I'm sure we'll dip in and out of oops of the whole the whole uh going back and forth between score and film and just you know the mix of the two but to go back to the score what I found interesting was that 
um, this the like dialogue and the fact that it sounds like car. It, there's like car, yeah, there's car noises, car noises, which there's none of that in the movie. No, the cars didn't Neil's exist. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like kind of strange. That's totally a Neil thing, and the some of the dialogue is the same, I believe, and then other and then some of. Uh, some of it is like well, but, isn't isn't like Johnny Depp yeah. reading so Johnny William Depp's Blake like, poetry yeah but then nobody is in there and they're doing one of this like the round stones beneath the earth like that's a scene in the movie right they're so they're they're but changing it's it up different yeah so yeah. I just think that's really interesting that Neil sort of took it's just a really it's a strange because a lot of times with uh, scores you'll hear the actual dialogue but Neil like made it into this old, whole other thing where it's kind of the movie, but it's not, you right. know, and it's a car and not a train and well, and nobody's but, traveling in the car with it. I don't know. It's, you know what I mean? It's kind of weird. Well, he made it like a road trip. Yeah. So he, he, you know, and that's, he just made it his own, which I think is cool. I wasn't crazy about the Johnny Depp reciting the poetry stuff. I thought that yeah. kind of, yeah ruin the mood a little bit, but I like the car thing. I was thinking the same thing, Russ. I'm like, that sounds like when I first listened to like, yeah. car. Where right. the hell is that coming from? Neil, then there's Neil's, you know, his obsession with cars and stuff, but you know, Neil, it's like a road trip. He always talked about getting in a car and just driving. And that's where he'd do a lot of his writing. He'd write on cigarette packs or napkins or something like that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and uh, so I think the, the soundtrack, he made it into a trip where you get in the car and you're taking that same trip as William Blake is, but he's modern. Kind of, I guess he, I guess modern. he's maybe he's trying to make it. He's comparing it to the current time, right? Which would be you know mid late nineties when this came out. And so he's so instead of getting on a train and going out to the edge, you're getting in a car and you're taking a road trip and you're finding the you know the periphery. On, you know, you're going out there and you're finding America on the edge and it's a similar trip. Yeah. You know, you're meeting people who are dangerous to you. You're meeting people who are trying to label you. You're meeting, um, you're meeting people that are trying to rob from you. And then you meet maybe one or two people that you can actually depend on, mm-hmm. you know, that have good intentions in your road trip through America. That's kind of what I think it, it might be with the car thing. Fucking deep, Mike. Well, I was, uh, you know, I smoke a little weed. You get uh, but, when you, know, you put on that panda mask, you you go into the depths. That's right, man. And I, I'm here for it. I dive like a panda. <laughs> Sting like a like an armadillo. <laughs> deep in the trenches. Know. Right. Um, I love that. I love how he kind of made yeah, it like totally. his own thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I think my favorite part of the movie was uh. <laughs> the fucking blatant, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, the blatant cameos, Billy, Iggy Pop, and Jared Harris. Right. I'm like, why are these ridiculously famous people in here? For I awesome. want to work with Five Jim Carmouche. He's yeah. like a cool guy to. If you watch Coffee and Cigarettes, that's all it is. It's just these little vignettes. Okay. Of of like, uh, and the, they're all based around coffee and cigarettes. And there's one between Iggy Pop and Tom Waits. And you're going to think, and you think it's like, oh my God, he's got Iggy Pop and Tom Waits in a scene. It's going to be the coolest fucking thing ever. And it's not. It's like super awkward and it's filled with tension. And you kind of come out of the scene with like, oh, that didn't seem to go well. 
And I think I, he may have, because they're such icons, I think he may have kind of used it that way. But I love that. I love like how he does that. Like, mm. These little, these big giant actors in these little scenes. And I love that scene. Yeah. I yeah, love Billy Bob scene. Thornton in that. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton is just too goddamn good. I clean up pretty well. His, <laughs> his accent is fucking awesome. It's yes. perfect. Big the George. Way, his big word, George. the way he's just every, the way he says every word. <laughs> Um, his name was Big George Draculius, and he does this through the uh, Jarmusch does this through the whole movie. So yeah, where he's referencing like actual people. And, yeah, so you know yeah. who George Draculius is, right? He's like a producer, right? Yeah, he was like Rick Rubin's right hand man for a while, and he pretty much produced the the first few Black Crows records and the first mm-hmm. couple Jayhawks. Oh, okay, he worked with the Beastie Boys and stuff like that. Yeah, and then and wasn't then, Jared Harris's character was someone too? Ben Mont uh, Ben Montench. Yeah. The, he's the uh, keyboard player for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That he's- yeah, right? Is that funny? <laughs> and then some other guy's name was Lee Hazelwood. It was one of the uh, Guns for Hire, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Lee Hazelwood is like this this uh, like super like uh, guitar player session guy who's come out with some pretty pretty weird albums. All right. I, I think it's based on that. I think it's important to just put this out into the ether right now. When Jim Jarmusch does the Neil Young biopic, <laughs> I would like some characters in there to be named Luke Condon, mm-hmm. Russ Condon, and Mike Shue. I think it's right. completely well, fair at this point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't mind a, a little, you know, I'll, I'll be an extra in the movie. You know, whatever you need, Jim. I'll play Neil Young. That's fine. <laughs> we'll be the three guys Neil meets wandering through the woods at night. No, let's be Crazy Horse. <laughs> oh my god i feel like she would be poncho for sure yeah, she was definitely poncho. poncho absolutely i'll put the yeah. panda mask and a wig on i'll be poncho i guess Russ, i i have, have to be, to be ralph. ralph yeah, yeah you so that makes you billy luke ah <laughs> oh, fuck okay i'm kidding i like billy i just don't want to be the bass player <laughs> did you guys know steve buscemi is the fucking bartender no in, lines he's just in, no. in this in this movie yep in dead I man go even notice that here what? look He's the guy that takes the bottle. Yep. What no, the wait, fuck? He's the guy that gives him the bottle of whiskey. And then Pretty sure. I, I, I need to go back and bottle. rewatch it and like try to really slow it down or something. But yeah, he's listed. He That's doesn't awesome. have any lines. It's just fucking Steve Buscemi. That is so awesome. Yeah. Wow. Also, Doc Ock is in this movie. Yeah. Film. Well, he's great. I mean, he's great. Alfred Molina is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And he, that, that whole scene with him with... Uh, Johnny Depp and Training nobody yeah. and yeah was he was he fucking nailed that how he was being shitty to nobody and then mm-hmm. yeah and that when Johnny Depp comes in like uh, that was know, great yeah that was awesome yeah uh, I, that's what I'm saying like this movie you really have to again again this whole episode is not about the movie but I I definitely want to watch it a few more times when I get like in a better headspace like we're doing a bunch of shit in our house so I'm a slightly distracted but like right I just want to. It's, I mean, like you said, Mike, it's like Big Lebowski or any Coen Brothers film. You have to watch it yeah. at least 378 times to really get everything that's going on. And even then, you don't. So, But this, this soundtrack, to me, again, another Neil release that sounds a lot better when you're driving. And okay. this, to me, this is definitely a nighttime drive kind of record maybe back roads 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's, uh, like I said in the beginning, you know, you got the feeling, I get the feeling of solitude and dread and there's some creepiness and that Neil Young creepiness is in there. Yeah. And I think it works great. It's very lonely. It's got a lonely feeling to yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know do if you, you guys heard, did you guys hear a lot of like Beatles in some of it? Like I heard Michelle. A f- I think a few times as far you, as the, his ri- like the riffing yeah and then some of that there's like an acoustic piece at the end of the movie where I definitely heard it yeah. if you can tell me where I, I can try maybe, and put it yeah. in around this part it's definitely in the acoustic stuff near the end mm-hmm. alright I'll see if I can find it yeah. obviously well, the, youngsters were zooming this one if you can't tell so right the um, dead man number five that like really sort of that you mean guitar solo number five? No, on the in the actual um, in the actual album, it's labeled as Dead Man. They're called the song titles. Uh, it would be track eleven, but the title of it is Dead Man Number Five. Um, there's that riff, and that was the one that kind of stuck. It actually, I was watching with my girlfriend. And she was saying that that was stuck in her head for a while after we watched the, the movie. I'm not and seeing so, Dead Man um, Number Five, Russ. I'm seeing Guitar Solo Number Five. Are you on Spotify or are you on the archives? I'm on Spotify. You got to go to the archives. Hold on, man. All right, fine. All right, it's I'll track find eleven. But if you're on Spotify and you want to play it, it's track eleven. Are Are we going to go through each one? I don't know if that's really necessary. No, I don't think we have. No. To. I'm, can, can you we, at least play that? So you can hear what I'm saying. You guys will know it as soon as. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can screen share. Uh, I'm going to do it on Spotify. So track 11 is called Guitar Solo Number Five. Well, it's called Dead Man Number Five on the archives. We've already gone over that. Yep. Okay. So let's see. You guys see this? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So let's try this. Yeah, it's that one. You hear it? Nope. No. 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 Okay, I can hear it really nicely. All we hear is your breathing. <laughs> you don't hear anything? No. Just your breathing. <laughs> you guys don't hear it? <laughs> I can hear it. It's so loud in my headphones. Can you guys hear it now? I can hear it really good. You guys can't hear it. I don't know why it won't let me do it. I can hear it so clearly. Here, let me just do this. One second. It's going to sound like shit through here, but whatever. Literally what I was just playing. I know, but we couldn't hear it. Everyone can hear it now. This whole thing. Yeah, it's like that do 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 do. Very surf. It's a, yeah, it's but it's got it's uh, it's a repetitive thing, but it's really catchy, and uh, it stuck around for me as well for a while. There's some really nice stuff in here. The organ stuff is really pretty too. Yeah, James uh, D. Clark on uh, 
on the Long May You Young Twitter at Long May You Young said, I often read books while listening to film scores. Halloween three and Dead Man are my two favorites. <laughs> oh wow. Listening to Dead Man while reading Coming Out of the Ice by Victor Herman is almost too terrifyingly appropriate. I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with that book. Are you uh No. No, I don't know. Familiar with that? No. So I went through each sort of track. Um the first one to me I thought was was pretty rad that like choppy that choppy thing he does, mm-hmm. you know. And it's it, it's cuz it's that tra- I mean in the in the album it's car, it's a car, but Right. Um, in the movie it, it really fits well with the, the right. way that the train is, you know, rolling yeah. along. It comes um, back it comes out later yeah. in the film too a couple yep. of times. Yeah, it does. Scenes. Yeah. And then the um the the next one's like dialogue. There's it, it jumps between dialogue and instrumental, but all of the stuff Neil does below the dialogue is nice and fits really well. Um the the other track the one where it's just Neil playing the acoustic is really nice. Mm. Um, the organ solo, I said, that's really beautiful. Organ solo is my favorite part. And of then it, there's that one where it goes from organ into the guitar. Like it's it's kind of I think it's switching between him playing organ and guitar, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, on the archives, it's labeled as Dead Man Number Three, but that's also really cool. Um, there's also uh, the other one, Dead Man Number Four. It's like loose, and he's just kind of playing. Um, on the guitar, which I guess he did kind of just sort of improvise. He he just watched the footage for yeah. some of it. If you watch that video, if it's still up on the archives, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see him looking and then kind of feeling it out and jumping from guitar to guitar, or guitar to piano or organ. Yeah. Yeah. We also, if we're going to go back to the movie real quick, the can, we can't not talk about that head stomp scene. <laughs> Oh my god, right? Yeah, that was so like brutal. that was like fucking Friday yeah. the 13th shit right there. Yeah. That was nuts. So well, think Armouche can get really like I mean he can he It seems like in a bunch of his movies that with the this violence is very extreme. It's yeah. not a lot. That seemed intentional. That like that seemed like yeah. he's making a statement here. Like crushing the head of the snake. You know what I mean? There was something right. about yeah. that. It was because it was it was comical, you know, right to the I point mean, of like ridiculousness, where it's not like you don't, you know, you, you could have done that a different way. I know it's an indie film, but the budget was still, you know, fairly big. It, I think I read that it was like his biggest up to that point. And mm. on, on Wikipedia, it says nine million, and the box office was only one million. Right. People, yeah. Yeah, people don't flock to the Jarmouche films. No, but I mean, he's got just the, ton, the cast is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. they all must be, they're probably not doing it for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're probably not doing it for 20 million bucks either. I mean, right. No, probably, for sure. But Johnny Depp could easily, he, what Johnny Depp was getting 20 million bucks for what the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Johnny Depp in the mid 90s, he's still a hot commodity, but. I think people just want to work with Jim Jarmusch. Yeah. They want to say, and they, they want to do Jarmusch, something but... like this artistic, right. something that keeps them, you know, I guess grounded in their theatrical sort of yeah. artistic, yeah. you know, you know, whatever. But I, yeah, I think it's great. I, I really liked it. I, I, I love the soundtrack. I, me too. Yeah. I just like it when I like that sound of Neil's guitar. I mean, I, I always say my favorite Neil guitar sound is that like ragged glory 
or stuff off of El Dorado that really just, you can hear him, you can hear the pick against the strings, Yeah, you know, when he's soloing. And, um, but I also like it when Neil gets twangy like this, when he mm-hmm. goes back to his surf roots. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. enjoy that. Where do you rank it in, would you put this on your top 10 scores of all time list? Um, I would put this right in front of Long December by the Counting Crows. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You're welcome for the setup, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, for, but, uh, but for real though, we're, Russ as, and Mike, as fans of movie scoring, where do you, where do you rank this? I I have to, I don't know. I'd have to. Is he up there with the greats? You think, or I mean, he not that he has the same. He doesn't have the. Yeah, it's completely have, different. You can't put him up there with John Williams because he's working with an orchestra. Right. It's right. just so you know, different. It's, it's, it's different scoring. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, um. You know, it's just him alone. Yeah, and most of it is most of it is just him playing an electric. Right. To the couple, movie. Yeah. 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 So. There's not a lot of nuance. To, I mean, it's just kind of. I like it a lot, and I think it fits the movie really, really well. Yeah. So, in in that regard, then yeah, I think it, it's perfectly done. Which isn't what isn't that what you want for good yeah, scores? But it just. Yeah. It, um. I mean, I would choose this over, you know, the Close Encounters soundtrack. Listen, like, like personally, if I was going to throw a soundtrack on, I was, I'm not saying it's better because it's completely different, but. You know, I don't, I don't like throw on soundtracks like full orchestra soundtracks. I see a titty bird. <laughs> Unless it's the disco version of Star Wars, then uh, by Mecco. But then, other than that, I, I don't, I don't really go to, you know, I don't go to, I don't go to the or- orchestral I do, soundtracks man. too I much. Who was the guy? Who's pretty the much guy only did, John Williams, but who was the guy who did the? Uh, it was the all drum soundtrack to. Um, Oh, to Birdman? Birdman, yeah. Do you remember yeah, his name? No, that was I fucking don't. awesome, but so that's it, good it's stuff. similar to that where it was just like him and doing amazing things yeah. that I never thought yeah. you could do. It's very movie. As far as soundtracks or drums. Yeah. You know who's great that uh, as far as scoring goes? I mean, I'm not sure about anything else, but Randy Newman is a hugely underrated guy when it comes to movie scoring. I don't think he's underrated. He's not scoring, though. He's writing yeah, songs. Yeah, no, he scores. No, he, sco- he, he scores. scores. Yeah, he, scores he writes, like, instrumental stuff a lot. A lot more than, more than you'd, you'd think. think, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, a t- he's done a ton of stuff. Russ, I recently rewatched. you probably saw it on my Instagram, I recently rewatched Awakenings, and I forgot mm-hmm. how good the score to that movie is, the piano shit that he does. Like, remember the song that that guy plays and then uh de niro is dancing with the woman as he's having like the yeah disease come back randy newman wrote that it's yeah. really really fucking good so the Birdman, i believe it's antonio sanchez yes the, yeah. yeah i don't know why i'm saying like i knew that <laughs> see i'd i'd go and i'd throw that on mm-hmm. and and listen to that it's it's just i'm not i'm not a guy who is interested in the grand arrangements. Yeah. See, I, 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 John Williams just, right. Yeah. I could always listen to him. He just, but that's just ever since I was a kid, I've always been drawn to, you know, Robbie Robertson does a a little bit of scoring Russ. (laughs) Yeah. I know he did the Irishman. (laughs) He did a great job on the Irishman. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) He stole all that stuff from that. I don't know. The more and more I think about, I just, I don't, I don't don't know. That movie was not that good. It, I I think I'm with you, and it bothers me because I loved it the first time we saw it, and then 
the stupid scene where De Niro's supposed to be a 22 year old. I'm like, this yeah, is so dumb. They have hired younger actors. <laughs> the whole that whole thing, it was just like Scorsese was like, I got the most money in the world from this that anyone will ever get, and I'm just gonna just spend so much money on dumb CGI that doesn't even look yeah. good. Pesci saves it though. Pesci's Pesci's great. Pesci's yeah. great. That's the, the redeeming quality of that movie. But I'm like, it could have been, yeah, exactly. An hour Just shorter. make it an hour, sh- an hour and a half shorter. And, and I'd feel fine about yeah. it, but I don't know. It's anyway. just the same shit that he's done. And, and it's like Goodfellas was plenty. I don't know. Whatever, we're not yeah, talking man. about the Irishman. I liked it. I liked it, but I'm like, I would never watch it again. I might I'm, watch it again. I don't think I would ever watch it again. It's, well, I agree with you. Like, Goodfellas, whenever it's on, I watch it. Like, yeah, you watch just, it. It's fucking, it's great. It's it's great to watch. Yeah. yeah. But. What movie would be better if Neil Young did the soundtrack? Ooh. That's a good question. Did the soundtrack or the scoring? So this is yeah, unique the score, because but, there's there's right. really no, like... Yeah, there's no Neil singing in this. It's just yeah. And there's right. also there's also no other other songs in it. Like there's scoring, right. and then there's like songs. Well, because that's right. yeah, because that's the thing. There's yeah, that that is another. That's an interesting question because like with Into the Wild, you have Eddie Vedder doing mm-hmm. the soundtrack, right? Because you know what I mean, yeah. But then yeah. also Russ, Russ, that movie Kid ninety, she mm-hmm. used two songs from the Into the Wild soundtrack prominently really? featured in her movie wow. can yes. you do that can you use songs from another soundtrack or a movie I, soundtrack? if leo if leonardo dicaprio execs executively produces it oh, i guess I you can he's got the money to yeah, yeah. to make that happen yeah. but, but it's like but, but it's not as, even it's not even just two other songs it's two songs literally from another movie soundtrack yeah that's right. fucking ridiculous no but the score so the score of into the wild is also beautiful and i could also listen to that which is Michael Brook. Brook. Yeah. And it's incredible. But um, so that's a, that's an interesting question. Cause you, yeah, you got to think like score and soundtrack, right. but you're so, asking score, right? You, you're yeah, saying similar what, to this. Right. Like he, yeah. he recorded it the same way. He approached it the same way. He would watch the film and yeah. he would play along to it. What he felt was the right thing. Yeah. That's tough because so many of the movies I love and appreciate, I do because probably because of the because score of the music. It's already it's, it's, great. Yeah. Like I, I want to say Neil would kill a Western, but <laughs> the best ones Sergio Morricone. Leone, yeah. The, the, the Sergio Leone movies are already perfect with Ennio Morricone right. doing yeah. the score. So there's yeah. no reason to like, Which, like Ennio um, Morricone is, is in my top five best right. composers. Yeah, already, great. So. He's like John Williams. Cause you can't imagine the movie. No, without that. Score. Did you guys exactly. see the thing John Locke posted on my uh, my status about John Williams? He like posted no. someone. It, it's it's obviously comical. It's not the actual audio. I don't think. Well, of course, it's not because you'll see it's really silly. But they they took they took like the scene from uh, Return of the Jedi, the throne room where where Leia's putting the like medals around Han and Luke with Chewie, and someone. It starts with John Williams's score. But then they enter the throne room and they cut out the score, and it's just like the sounds of them walking <laughs> and, right, people, and like someone going like, <clears throat> and then there's just like the th- like the mouth sounds of them like smiling at each other, and then Chewie's like, <laughs> and everyone claps and right, like a little fart. It's fucking hilarious. Dude. I don't want to get weird, but John Locke obviously big youngster, big part of this podcast. Uh, his ob- his real name isn't John Locke, obviously. It's just a name he goes by, but isn't John Locke like a fucking poet or a philosopher? No, he's, a, from- he's a philosopher. 
Um, from like the same century as William Blake. Am yeah, I well, right about yeah, that? 17th or I think 18th century. Yeah. John Locke is like this English super, like his stuff has been used like by Karl Marx and, mm. and stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, he's a pretty, yeah, and that's why the dude in lost was named John Locke as well. So do we even need to talk about John Locke? No, I don't. <laughs> no. I, feel, I just feel bad. Okay. I had to run. Never mind. No, <laughs> we should, we should wrap it up here. Okay, yeah. Because there's really not much else to say about the album unless you guys have more. I mean, to me, you yeah. know, besides that Neil Young question, what soundtrack would be better? I, I know, know I'm still trying to... Th- I, that's a really good question. Right. I, While you guys were gone, I was thinking of it, and I was thinking Paul Blart Malkop, but the second <laughs> one and not the first one. <laughs> the score of the first one is like, it's just, they're inseparable. Would you but say it's on your one, top 10 of all time oh, scores? Yeah. Oh, it would be top five. Maybe, maybe not one, but maybe, you know. maybe if Neil did this soundtrack to Human Highway. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think that would take a worried man. If I'm being honest, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. No, that's a that's a really good question. Well, youngsters, let us know. I mean, we're on social yeah. media. You know, oh, I'm sure they'll have tons Instagram. of tons of great. Yeah. And it's gonna and and it's gonna bug me because someone will say one and I'll be like, fuck yeah, totally. Right. Well, youngsters, you got to help us out. Holy shit. Great about getting involved. You got one? You think one? No. The composer for Paul Blart. Oh, you looked that up? (laughs) Is it Randy Newman? Nope. John Williams. (laughs) No. It's Waddy (laughs) Wachell. Is it really? Yeah. That's Cooch's buddy. Mike, stop talking shit about Cooch and all his friends. We're going to get a fucking... We're going to have to fight them like... (laughs) Like the scene in Almost Heroes when the, the what old, are they called? What are this group of guys called? The session guys, like the side or something like that. They're gonna fucking come to my house and burn Dude, my car. You're oh yeah, look at that. Oh my god. Why do you want to tell people don't know? Session guy, LA session guy. He's played with everybody. He He's was super Keith talented. And he was in Carly Simon's band. He was a, played with Joni Mitchell. He played with everybody. He's like Danny Korchmar. He's just played or produced or worked with everybody. And I had no idea. But now it all makes sense. That's hilarious. We, we did not do been Paul talk- Art 2, though. We've also been talking about <laughs> scores, and we, sh- we should also give a little shout-out to our bud, Mother's Spa. Yeah, oh, Mother's yeah. Spa. He's fucking, who's right? great. He's Very really talented. good. Yeah, yeah he, is, he is definitely a master. You know, he's not a huge John Williams fan, but whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> I can't believe it's Wally Wattel. I, I just can't believe that. <laughs> That's too fucking perfect. Oh, that's great. Anyway, do you want to do a top three? I mean, I don't even know if I have I a top. Think, I don't think we. I don't think we have to. No, it's, it's not a typical thing. One piece. Yeah, it's just a thing. I, I know my, the thing that stood out to me the most was the organ solo. That track really kind of, even though it was very similar to uh, the shit he did on Mirrorball with the organ. I feel like. it does. Yeah, it it and it had a like a hurricane tone kind of thing to it too. I noticed that. I remember noticing that. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, mine was that dead man number five. That like yeah, yeah, I like that. That one. My my favorite part of it was when Russ said <laughs> in the pitch meeting, he said yes after the first. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best. That's fucking great. That is so so cool. we open on a train. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. When do you want me to start? Yeah. Have your people contact my people. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a bird with all the info. I'll put a bird on it. Yeah, we'll put a bird on it. We're good to go. Thanks. I got some organic cherries here. 
fucking Neil, man. Well, I I I, I love this soundtrack. The only thing yeah. I didn't I think that I would cut from this soundtrack if if we're gonna go there is Johnny Depp reciting the poetry. I and think I, I probably would. Yeah, I mean, I, I like so, I like some of the it. nobody dialogue. It works to me with. I love that. In yeah, there. but yeah. some of the Johnny Depp stuff is is yeah. a little over the top. Yeah, it's just yeah. I, I just didn't need it. As it's far fine. as we're talking about the soundtrack, not the soundtrack, the yeah. soundtrack, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, in a, so as I far, actually really like Johnny Depp in this movie. I thought he was. Oh, thought, he's amazing! I thought he Absolutely, was, was yeah. perfect. Yeah, and Gary Farmer as nobody was was incredible. Yeah, he is amazing. That's a, that's a really amazing yeah. story inside. He, he the plays story. man. He's he's really good. It, he he plays that. Just it's. I think it's excellent. I think, I think he, it's great. Yeah. 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 He kind of makes it, you know, that he's to me, he's the main character, you know, he's, he's really what, what, uh, what does it for me. And I also, I think you guys probably saw this. We talked about it briefly, but the, um, on Wikipedia, his ass, his ass when he was having <laughs> sex in the world. Yeah. Well that too. Yeah. He's got a great ass. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's big he up top looks with all the, the yeah, on. that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Surprising. But, um, no, the whole, <laughs> Great. Now I have to say this after you just <laughs> said that. I'm sorry. Now you know how Mike feels yeah, me, all me, the time. Let me, you, let me give you a segue. Hey, uh, we'd like to thank AKG uh, for uh, the Lira yeah. microphone and the headphones. They, they do a great yeah. job over there. All right, Russ, well, I'm sorry. Continue. The, 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 the whole section on, on um, Wikipedia, there's like a little section on Wikipedia that basically sort of points out the, the portrayal of Native Americans and how this film is, is kind of applauded for that. And, and yeah. you mentioned it a little bit, Chu, and then Luke mentioned, I think Luke mentioned the whole, um, how that dialogue was intentionally not translated. Wait, how does that tie into Gary Farmer's ass? It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right. I had to make a nice little point after Shu brought up an ass. but You brought up his ass. I didn't bring up his no, ass. I brought Shu up did. his ass. I did. Okay, fine. That ass is definitely in the top 10 best asses in a movie. <laughs> Shaq's ass in uh, that Kyrie Irving movie, which you're is horrible. That Shaq's ass was the only good part of that movie. You're such an idiot. And, I fucking uh, hate you. Listen, I'm so, honestty, ass, I'm a little distracted because I'm... Tears was good, even though he's kind ass. of a rapist now. The, um, the I'm still trying to answer Shu's question. I, I really want to come up with something before we... Neil would do a better off. job? Yeah. What's weird is I kind of... I wouldn't change this because I think it's really perfect as it is, but like uh, Inside Lewin Davis might be kind of yeah. cool. No. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, but that's... again, the soundtrack is so good, but... Right. And I know the, the Coen brothers are always perfectionists when it comes to every aspect of their movie, so... But I just I feel like it would be interesting to see what Neil would do with that story. You know what would what movie would use could use a better composer? There's a movie called it's from 2006. It's an unrated movie. It's called Drifting Elegant. Um, it had Josh Stamberg in it and Jennifer Mudge. Uh, and I just feel like it could, it. you should look it up and look up the composer. I just feel like it's fine, but I just think it could use better composing. Hmm. Well, let's, let's put it out to the youngsters. So we're at Long May You Young on Instagram and also on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We'll post, you know, we could post the question up there. I could post it up on the Neil Young subreddit on Reddit. Um, you know, I'll put up a blog asking the question on longmayyouyoungpodcast.com. So in our, you know, the youngsters are great at getting back to us and giving us input and, 
and uh, and letting us know about things we missed or things you know that they've discovered. So, and we appreciate that. We appreciate yeah, yeah, all we the feedback, yeah. even the shitty feedback. We, you know, we love that. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Like, if you can think of a film where Neil Young, I don't know, necessarily do a better job, but he would do. A okay, really I got one. The job. Irishman. Okay. The Irishman. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> fuck Robbie Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this movie, Drifting Elegant, it's just, okay. the composing, Just I think it just could use some work. Are yeah. you going to make me look it up, and is it going to be Danny Korchmar? <laughs> it's a Korchmar film that all of the composing was done by the Counting Crows. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Luke. <laughs> yeah. I've never, to full disclosure, I've never seen that movie. I just looked up if he's ever done any composing. Oh, Jesus. All right. Anyway. Well, that was Dead Man. Uh, coming up next, it's going to be Broken, Broken Arrow. Arrow. Yes. And, and that's a couple- another, that's an album I just love. Love. And it's yeah. much like, because it's Crazy Horse at their best. And it was a, a whole tribute to uh, David Briggs, who had passed away around this mm. time that we're talking about. I'm excited oh, for lung cancer, but yeah, um, tough, tough stuff. Yeah, but uh, special. Mo- hopefully, if all goes right, pretty special monster episode before we get to that. Yeah, we got some monster, monster. episodes hopefully lined up, and they'll hopefully. I hate to. I hate to tease them before they happen because things know. happen with people. Yeah, things yeah. happen. Yeah, and uh, but we got some great monsters. This will be a big one if 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 it happens. <laughs> yeah, well, the biggest so far. Yeah, and it just proves that the party involved definitely hasn't listened to the podcast. So we're grateful <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> so far, the only person who's confirmed listened since is John Craigie, and because he, he wants to come yeah. back on. Because he's got a really amazing sense of humor. Yeah. Does he want to come back on? Yeah, he wants to come on. I think it's for Are You Passionate? Yeah. And he's he wants psychedelic to... pill, too. Because he, that's Hopefully, like it's not favorite. when I'm on vacation. Yeah. Well, he, psychedelic <laughs> I don't pill, be here for it. Psychedelic for pill was the first one he said. But uh, then he said, I said, dude, that, that, that'll be like in December, <laughs> the All way right. the pace we're going. And he said, well, how about uh, Are You Passionate? And I can debate with Mike on whether or not it's the okay. worst Neil album right. of that's all right. time. That's right. You wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great guest. You can he listen to all the episodes if you missed John Craigie. Uh, and all I did listen to that episode. episode. I thought it was really yeah. good, but I had I, I, I while I was listening, I was probably being a youngster myself. I was kind of yelling at the radio. I was like, "That's oh, <laughs> bullshit." At certain parts about what you guys, some of the things. But you anything Locko said. <laughs> yeah, no, Locko was great. I think it was but, mostly you guys. I think one of you said something that was contrary to something you said earlier in the podcast, and I was like, "You're fucking full of shit." That was Luke. Probably Luke. So listen to all the episodes at longmayyouyoungpodcast.com and you can find out if it was Luke. Because it's the tax, spoke. man. What did Russ, Russ didn't even say anything just there. He just made a vague statement. I think <laughs> I yelled at something that someone said that was controversial to something someone else said. And that's this is what people listen, though. That's how people listen to podcasts and the radio and any kind of broadcast. They half listen until someone goes penis. And then they're like, wait, whoa, whoa, what did they say? That is oh true. Because turning it up and stuff, you know? No, I totally get that. Because earlier this week, I was listening to the Pike 100 yeah. FM. And morning Pike. whoever yeah. the hell was doing the fucking morning show just yeah. has the worst fucking opinions on everything. Yeah. God damn it. Well, you know. Doesn't play any Neil Young. Doesn't play any town meeting. Well, I play Neil Young, but I just don't mention the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. All right. All right. If it's uh, Broken Arrow, thanks for listening. And uh, 
you know, come up with a, a movie that uh, Neil Young would do better and your top 10 best songs of all time. <laughs> Fuck off. Right, all, right. all right, see you guys. How are you guys? It's been a long December And there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember The last thing that you said As you were leaving Now these days go by so fast And it's one more day up in the canyon And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that I could be forgiven I wish you would The smell of hospitals in winter And feeling that it's all a lot of oysters But no pearls And all at once you look across the crowded room To see the way the light attaches to a girl And it's one more day up in the canyon One more night in Hollywood If you think you'd come to California Drove up to Hillside Manor sometime after 2 a.m. And talked a little while about the year I guess the winter makes you laugh a little slower Makes you talk a little lower About the things you could not show her Long December And there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember All the times I tried to tell myself to hold on To these moments as they pass And it's one more day up in the canyons And it's one more night in Hollywood It's been so long since I've seen the ocean I guess I should It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 